Hello and welcome to Second Operator, the podcast dedicated to portable synthesizers and dollless music. I am your humble host, Shines. This is episode 10 and that is absolutely huge to me. I can't believe I have been fortunate enough to talk to so many of you in the community already. And I can't wait to talk to more of you out there. So keep posting and sharing your amazing Dallas creations with me on Instagram, as well as on YouTube. Um, I'm actually going to be taking a short break after this episode for about two weeks. My family will be in the country and I want to spend some time with them. We will be resuming on the 28th of June with a new episode all about the OP1. I don't want to say too much, but believe me, it's going to be a biggie. Speaking of biggies, today our guest is Alex Rolden, a sound designer from Washington, D.C., who has done some absolutely bombastic things with OP1 Field, SP404, and modular stuff. Cannot wait to get into that. Let's start with a bit of news. All right, so our first thing is about Behringer. Say what you will about this pretty divisive company, um, Behringer. That's apparently the actual pronunciation, as I just learned today. Um, they've been pretty steady when it comes to releasing new-ish synthesizers. And recently, they have released one called The Edge, based very loosely on the Moog DFAM. And they've also released one called The Spice, which is very, again, loosely based on the Subharmonicon from Moog. Um, I say loosely. I mean, the designs themselves are pretty different. I mean, they look more like the Crave, um, a desktop synth reminiscent of the Mother 32 that they released back in 2019. But, you know, now you got the full, what Moog calls their sound studio and Behringer is calling their, um, not really sure they have a name yet, but they might come up with something sound designer lab. I don't know. Keep in mind, the sound quality might differ, but these, you know, Behringer synths are pretty much one for one. I, I don't want to say copies, but they're very similar, let's say, to the Moog sense that they're based upon. However, they don't incorporate into larger Eurorack setups like the Moog sense do. But, you know, for someone just getting started in desktop sense or, you know, not looking to get into Eurorack at all, these modular, uh, these modules, sorry, are very enticing. I mean, the spice unit, it's not quite out yet, but just seeing that it has all the same sort of knobs and sub frequencies and sequencer settings that the subharmonicon does, or it's, it's pretty cool. Um, it's also got, yeah, the four-step sequencer looks pretty awesome as well. I think they're pretty cool additions to the Dallas synthesizer world. Um, honestly, say what you will about Behringer as a company. I'm glad they're at least maybe thinking about those of us in the lower price ranges. Um, I mean, the Edge currently retails for $200 on sale. Just Google that. Um, I think it usually retails for a little bit more. Um, I say cheaper, but the Spice is actually going to be a little bit more expensive at $650 US when it finally releases this year. Um, so... Yeah, because it's not that much cheaper, but it is a different design. And, you know, for those of us just want to keep things on the desktop, I think these are some pretty enticing uh, pieces of gear. And that is actually all the news I have to today. I really want to speed things up and get to our guest interview immediately. We are joined by drummer, modular artist, and sound designer Alex Rolden coming to us live from Washington, D.C. Alex, welcome to the show. Hello. Good to be here. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for, you know, for joining. You're actually pretty close to us. I'm in North Carolina. You're up in D.C. So not a whole lot of um, hours kind of separates us. Usually a lot of the people on the show, they're coming in from, you know, other countries and other continents and things like that. So it's really nice to, you know, be talking to someone in the same time zone. You know, we didn't yeah. really have to jump through a lot of hoops to um to actually, like, get the time set up. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. but no man BST really all the way yeah, yeah no really really awesome to have you here and you know, i've been kind of a fan of your stuff for a little while you've done really amazing things with op1 as well as some of your sampling instruments um and definitely want to get into that but maybe just to start us off can you maybe give us a little bit of your early music history maybe something about the first instrument you played or just kind of what started you with music yeah um so my first instrument was drums um i nice. started as a drummer uh didn't really get into electronic music until way later in my sort of like teenage life, but I started with like rock and pop punk and then kind of went to more like heavier things. And I got into like post rock a bit and, uh, you know, just kept on like progressing from there. Um, and, uh, I just really, you know, got more into like, you know, okay, I love the drums, the sound of drums, but you know, I just want to do something more with it. You know, so nice. I ended up buying like a little sampler. Um, and it was just one of the samplers, and yeah, back, at, you know, it was like I don't know, early two thousands and like mid two thousands. They started like a lot of like hardcore bands are doing this thing where they would like sample like film like snippets during like breakdowns and stuff. And I cool. thought that was really really cool. So my <laughs> band started doing that, but so you know, I just wanted like a little clip launcher, um, and that's kind of how I got into the electronic side of stuff. But yeah, to answer your question, it was, you know, pop punk, punk, just kind of... That's awesome. There. Drums yeah. got you started. That makes so much sense. Yeah. I mean, because you actually do have a track in which you're playing this um, sort of like an electronic drum set with, um, you know, your I think your SP3, uh, 404 or one of those instruments there. Uh -huh. So your first sampler, you got that in the early 2000s. Was that like from up from Roland or what kind of device was it? Yeah, it was actually, it was, uh, so I've sold this a lot, but oh. it's the 303. Oh, nice. I had like four of these in my life. Just, you know, <laughs> being like, I don't need any more. I was like, uh -huh. oh, but I missed it. I don't need anymore i miss it um so this is actually the one that i got from my drum kit i kind of like you nice. know nice. i kind of set it up i put like a I, I went to like michael's like uh like the craft store and i got like like a clipboard holder with some velcro put it on put it on like a cymbal stand put it oh, next to it that's so smart. um but yeah <laughs> but yeah back then i mean it was just kind of like you know i remember it was on ebay and it was just yeah. like you know a hundred bucks 200 bucks like nobody really cared about you know that those samplers really yeah um so yeah i got in at a pretty good time oh my god that's that's super cool man i mean um i think I, i've seen a lot of the roland sp series out there now i think they just came out with a new one was it last year like the mark ii something like yeah. that right uh -huh. um yeah, but it's yeah. it's cool to see some old school stuff on here as well just i mean if it if if it still works and it's still kind of doing what it what you yeah. need it to do you know um 100%. Yeah. yeah and i have a mark ii as well but oh, cool, cool, i think cool. I don't know. Just I, lately, I think in the past like couple of years, I've really enjoyed like limitations with gear. Nice. And like a Mark II can do so much, but sometimes I don't really want that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, oh man, I know what you I mean. I just kind of, yeah. you know, like yeah, with a theory of three, you know, you can only have like four stereo things playing at a time, nice. or like, and, and and you know, if you do it like if there's a sample like that's like any longer than I don't know, however long it gets like really like lo-fi and like oh, big man. crushy. Cool. Cause it's like, Oh, we don't have enough space. Right. So, it's got to like stretch like, that quality out as much as yeah, I feel like, I, so it's, like I, it's funny that you mentioned that. Cause I feel the exact same way about the, um, the new OP one. I mean, yeah, obviously it's yeah, a beautiful yeah. device. It's got all the stereo and all this, you know, bit rate and all that kind of stuff. But you know, I'm still on the OG. Um, mm -hmm. and I do find that, you know, I, I've been playing a lot with this, the, the tape lately, just like slowing it way down, recording performances in there to really just save 
the tape, you know, because yeah. they only give you like six minutes, right? But um, it really right. does some crazy, weird, bit crushy stuff to that sound. Um, yes. And obviously there are limitations, like it's all in mono and it's all, you know, you can only do what, like six or 12 second samples, depending on which engines you're in. But I mm-hmm. feel like, you know... Well, that being said, not not owning an OP1 feel, <laughs> I guess I can't really like be like, oh, I kind of want those limitations because that's really all I have right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For but sure. um, do you have yeah. both? I, I notice you do have an OP1 field. Yeah, no, I used to have the OG and nice. I sold it for the OP1 field. Yeah, smart. So smart. I was very like, I was right on that fine line of like, do I do it or yeah. do I not? And I used the the OG one, as I call it, or I guess I'll the OG one. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The OG one, yeah. So, I mean, I, I use that thing pretty much every day. Um, yeah. The same with the field. But I was just like, you know, and the one thing I do miss is actually you brought it up, mm-hmm. is that when you speed, when you slow down the tape on the OG, it has a definite character oh, yeah. that the field does not have. Interesting. And it's just too hi-fi. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and there's like really cool like tape emulations and things like that, um, which, you know, sometimes I don't like because it like it bakes the style of tape. Oh, okay. There's like a the hiss track. or something from, from what I've exactly. heard, right? Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. And you can't like yeah. remove it. So like that's kind of a bummer. Oh, interesting. Um, but yeah, so like that's the one thing I do miss about the OG. But yeah, like I said, I just it's one of those tools that like I use in my room on the couch in the garage when I'm just like, just chilling, you know, outside. It's it's one of those things that is just like my, my sketch pad. That's awesome. It's like, it's almost like a little like portable game console for a lot of us. Right. It's like, we could be out there gaming on our switches or game boys or whatever, but it's just like the experience that you get of actually creating something on something that's that portable, I think is it's, it's addictive, man. That's really yeah. cool. Okay, so going back to sort of like your early chopping days, as we can, I guess yeah. we can call them maybe, but did you know that what you were doing was Dollis? Did you kind of think about that at all? Did you do anything with digital audio workstations at the time? Um, yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I started with like FL Studio, mm-hmm. and it was just like one of those things nice. where it's just, you know, I like asked Jeeves it, not even Google. I just like, you know, searched it and I was like, what's like a good like software? Cause I didn't know what like a doll was or anything like right, that. Right. Um, but yeah, so I went with FL studio. I didn't stay with it for long. Cause you know, I just didn't really, it didn't really like attract me that much sure. as like working on a computer. I don't know. It was right. just one of those things. I feel you. Um, you know, and like going back to like some of those recording, it's funny. Cause I can hear like the horrible, like, like the ground hum of like, wow. you know, plugging into like my Dell PC with like, <laughs> you know, like a hard cable or whatever. But um, yeah, so, you know, I did that first just because like, I didn't really know how else to like do Record. it or anything yeah. like that. Right. Yeah. And um, yeah. And, you know, I, I didn't really get into like the style of music that I am in now until much later. So yeah. it was just kind of like years of just kind of like, well, you know, I plug this in and I click this button and like, I hear audio. So I guess this is good, you know? <laughs> and, um, yeah. And like, you know, one of my old bands, you know, way back in the day, back in like middle school, we got one of those like Porta cassette player things oh, from nice. the Tata center. Cool. Like a four you track know, tape like, recorder. Yeah. yeah. But it was one of those things that was like, that was all we can afford, you know, like, yep. you know, other people were kind of toting like, like the, the digital ones and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And like, we were so jealous Straight of those. Straight to CD. You know. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Such exactly. sound quality. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. But we got like really good at like, you know, like 
you know, punching in and yeah. getting the levels right for tape because you don't want to like oh oversaturate and stuff. And like, you know, now I want to like saturate the hell of everything. Yeah, I think yeah. It that's cool. like that's a sound that then, we strive for now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But back then, you know, you wanted like really clean, pristine sound. So like, you know, we went through a bunch of just like trial and error. Cool. And then, you know, years later, when I kind of got into more like recording techniques, I was like, oh, like I know the the Tascam way of like you know how these things sound so it's just a really good you know loop around but um, and that's all it's like good practice yeah. uh, to get into yeah. some of the bigger stuff did you yeah, ever yeah. get your um your sampling stuff connected with fl studio and record those types of tracks in there or w was that kind of like completely separate world of music for you yeah so well, this is going way back but um sorry <laughs> i think during, it's okay <laughs> now, i think during like the fl studio days yeah. there was no real like hardware there was just kind of like you know i did have the sampler but i didn't use it for like mm -hmm. electronic music at all it was just kind of you know just kind of found whatever sounds i could get in the software and then i think i moved to like cubase because they got like a free like cd with like a midi controller that i got nice. you know like after that um and uh yeah, so like the FL Studio, I know the Cubase days is yeah. when I started kind of connecting, you know, sort of things. And, cool. you know, we had this really cool used music shop kind of close by, like a half an hour away. It's called Atomic Music. And uh, it's like a used music store, but it's just, it's, it's just all just like, you know, they got guitars, basses, electronic stuff, like a crap ton of pedals and everything. Nice. So there was a lot of years of me like going there and like, you know, I ended up picking up like a chaos pad and, oh, nice. you know, just like certain things like that. And just yeah. kind of like noodled around, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like dollars, uh, I guess like little, little mini miniature, I don't know what you'd call them, like portable, portable sense, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. So it was, it was very much like a transition of like, you know, guess in a doll because I didn't know what else to do. Yeah. And then kind of getting these little pieces of gear and then enjoying that. And then, um, and then moving away from the doll because of like, you know, this little sort of like gear thing that I had. And then, uh, yeah. And then there was a couple of years where I went back like straight into the box and then now I'm kind of like, you know, I'm pretty much hybrid, but I can know. see that. Yeah, actually. And we'll, we'll check out one of the tracks that you, um, that you kind of did on the drum as well as your SP uh, 303 in just a second here, um, just oh. to kind of show a little bit more of that kind of hybrid sort of attitude that you bring to music, which I think is really, really awesome. But um, that's really cool, man. Like it's it's just it's always fun to, for me to hear about people's journey into DAWs and then their journey out of them, because like yeah. you know there are times where you do need a DAW to like actually fine tune recordings and get things edited and and you know if you're you, you know you've you've made albums now and I'm I'm pretty sure you know you've gone in and you know done all your tweaking and stuff in there, but then there's the 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 part of us that kind of wants more what's the word more chaos really more like on the spot inspiration and i think yeah. in dallas i think that's really where you you have that um 100%. yeah so let's take a look at your track here i want to play the one where you're on an electric drum set as well as an sp303 i think the very one that you just kind of showed us all here so let's check that out right now and we'll come back and we're going to talk a little bit about um some of your modular stuff and we'll kind of transition awesome. that way as well so let's give this track a listen
that is absolutely beautiful. You got some, um, I guess, some, sort of like an atmosphere, uh, atmospheric kind of chopping going on with that. I think there's kind of like a glitch or a stutter effect on the SP303 that you're using. Yeah, so um, that was actually, so, you know, the, the triggers on the drums themselves, they were, um, uh, it, it's through, you know, a software that you kind of like load up samples on, you know, and you can like send stuff out the CV, but in that track in particular, um, I just had just kind of samples playing through the 303 as just kind of like an overlay sort of thing. Um, yeah, you know, and like, as with a lot of my Instagram videos, they yeah. just kind of like happen on the spot. I don't oh really God. take too much time into like, you know, routing things mm -hmm. and stuff like that. I just kind of, you know, it's usually like I'm working on an idea or a track or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just, I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. So I set up a camera real quick, nice. you know, set it up and, you know, so yeah. That's super cool. So were you actually, so the drum was playing the, um, was it playing the samples straight out of the SP303 through that software routing? Yeah, well, not the 303. It was playing through it. So, like, the, the 303 was just kind of, like, an on top of a thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so, essentially, what I did in that particular case is mm -hmm. that, like, the samples that were from the 303, I sampled them into the software. Huh. And then, yeah, but those, those triggers are crazy, man. Like, you know, depending on, like, where you hit, on yeah. the pad you can do like different like um you can do different samples different velocities oh different i mean that the software is like endless that's insane um yeah so uh but yeah so in that particular case it was kind of i was playing back the samples but not through the sp303 that's but, super cool God, yeah because I, mean, I remember i i grew up with a, um i had like a i grew up in tokyo so everything has to be very quiet so i had one of mm. these like silent drum sets you know where it's like the roland little pads and like it had like maybe two uh two velocity modes or when you can hit it hard then you can hit it like ridiculously hard and like try yeah. to break your drum set you know drumsticks or whatnot <laughs> okay, um yeah. i don't remember ever seeing a, an electric drum set with that much you know oops um with really that much like uh, not velocity sensitivity sorry like dynamics I would say, because yeah. like you're hitting different parts of the drum. I and mean, those drum heads in the video even look like um, they might even be like acoustic drums or kind of acrylic looking. Yeah, well, there's like mesh. Yeah, it was just like mesh heads. Wow. And um, I think, can you see it on the mic? The Those drums right there? Can you oh, see I, yeah, I, see, I see a drum. Uh, maybe okay. they're kind of stacked up on top of each other. Yeah, well, no, like yeah, on the corner. Oh, I don't see that. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. But okay, cool. So that's, yeah, that's yeah, kind of yeah. where we keep it. That's awesome. What, yeah, are, yeah, what yeah. are those? Are, are they actual acoustic, acoustic drums with just stuff built into them or the actual like? No, so gear? they're actually just triggers. It's a uh, sensory percussion and it's uh, kind of like a trigger that's connected to an XLR cable that goes into the interface. And then it essentially, you turn on the phantom power and then it you it the software learns each trigger oh like you kind of like play oh, a couple things it learns it it's really cool it's really wow really cool. okay so that's yeah, yeah. that's an actual acoustic drum with um it's almost like a contact microphone that just sends Pretty the much. signal through xlr into the software and the software does all the nuances that is badass yeah. wow yeah yeah I might, it's I, really really cool i might need to like my the last surviving drum from my old drum kit that I have is my uh, floor tom. And I've been just yeah. been dying to get it out. I mean, obviously I have a one year old right now and um his nap times are are you know are sacred. Um, That's why I went mesh. Yeah. 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 My, so my like, maybe. kid is loud, yeah. <laughs> but damn, yeah. I might I might need to start playing with some triggers, man, because that is super cool. Um, yeah. 
So yeah, I'll, I'll have to get some it's more information really, really from cool. you um, after this, just to like, where to go about building this. But um, so speaking of like your Instagram videos and kind of segueing into that really quick here, yeah. um, wh- when did you get started making you know posting the stuff on Instagram? Uh, I don't remember. It's been a while though. It has. Been it sounds a while. like it was an organic process then, because I mean, like you just said, you, you're just kind of coming up with an idea, and you just are like, oh, I got to get a camera out. Like how how does that work? I mean, do you have interfaces for your phone that you kind of plug everything into yeah so you know it, it started with like a process like you know like my first couple videos i i you know i didn't really know how to like sync the audio together mm-hmm. and things like that right um but you know nowadays like if i'm sitting by my computer i just i have like this microphone and i do a little clap and then play and then i just kind of like sync it up you know, with software and just kind of do it that way. Nice. So I just have like a stereo mix and then that, um, sometimes if I'm like not on my computer, I just have like a, like a zoom recorder and nice. I just kind of like, you know, do a little clap and then sync it up that way. Cool. Um, but very bare bones. Yeah. So it's very like, you know, everything's pretty much done in the gear and then just yeah. send a stereo out and then sync it up with video. Oh, I'm not like it. a huge yeah. video guy either. So I just kind of, you know, do what looks good. Yeah, no, I mean, your framing is actually pretty awesome. I like, I like, you know, you do top down stuff inside. I mean, your lighting is good. Like, you know, (laughs) you, you do the, you, you do it very well. And I mean, obviously there's a lot of, I guess like video content creators out there, I guess we'll just call them that, um, that do like multi-angular stuff. I mean, when I, when I first got my start, like I'm actually coming from video. So I had like, at one point, I think I had like three cameras and it just got to the point where I'm like, dude, I'm not making anything. You know, I'm not, um, it it became more about the angles versus, um, something like what you did, which is about the performance, you know, like I want to show people that I can actually hook up a bunch of drum triggers to the software to, to create this music. So I'm trying to get back to that (laughs) and I will, you know, we'll see how that goes. (laughs) (laughs) So that's cool. So it sounds like you, um, ballpark, how long you've been on Instagram. Um, I want to say at the beginning of like 20, it was either 2018 or okay. 2017 was when I started making music. But I mean, in terms of like Instagram, I think I was just posting photos. Like if you scroll all the way down in my music page, it just goes to photos. And then one day I was like, you know what? I'm going to make a track. That's Whatever. awesome. So then I just did it. And then, um, yeah, I mean, it came from like, I think like a year before I started like posting things publicly. Like I made a lot of tracks, but just kind of like. I don't know. Just in dark, and I had the OP one, and I had a like an electron analog keys oh, that I nice. saved up for for a long time. So I had like those two things, and uh, but I was just making a bunch of tracks, and I and I put some stuff up on SoundCloud, but just very like you know, I was, I was like a little like not embarrassed, but you know how it goes where yep. you make yep. something, yep. you're like, ah, oh, is it good enough? I'm like, oh. oh, I know exactly that feeling. Um, yeah, yeah, and then I don't know, I don't, I, I couldn't really put my finger on it, but just one day I was just like, you know what? screw it. I'm just going to start posting, you know, and I don't really think about it, you know, and that's why like, there's some tracks on there that like are very like left field, you know, I'm just kind of, you know, I'm learning on a new piece of gear. I'm like digging into the manual for like something that I've learned for a real long time. (laughs) And then something like different comes out. That's like, not, you know, like what you would expect or pretty exactly. And I'm like, you know what, this is still really cool. I'm just going to post it. And then just whatever, you know? So I don't really think about like, I mean, maybe to a fault. I don't know. I don't really care about like the engagement or the views yep. or like, oh, is anybody going to like this? I'm just, you know, I kind of see it as like, kind of like a uh, like a virtual sketch pad cool. of just 
you know, this like a is journal, journal right? for today. Right, exactly. Yeah, Just kind of like writing a music idea down and kind of saving that for later yeah. and maybe going back to it at a certain time. That is awesome. And I, I really wish more people would do that. I mean, there, you go to some of these, like, because I mean, you have a massive uh, following on Instagram, I think 22K oh, from, from last uh, last I checked. But you go to some of these other accounts with, you know, I would say about a comparable amount of followers. And all it is, is something like an ambient tape loop. And every single every single thing you scroll to is like, oh, there's the there's the tape loop again, this yeah. time with a different plant in it. Like, okay, yeah, that's fine. Right, right. But you like, and I mean, yeah. it's like they they found a they found a um, a formula mm, that mm, became mm. really successful, that you know, sense, and yes, they stuck yeah. with it. Yes. Um, I personally couldn't do that. I feel nice. like I get just, I get really, really, really bored with it. Yeah. You or know? you but just get like, like what's the word? Like you feel like the expectation for you to make the same thing is there. Yeah. And that would kill, uh, that would kill for me to be honest. Yeah, you exactly. know? Um, damn. So I think that's, um, I, I have like a whole section towards the end of our interview about, you know, advice to newcomers to synthesizers or newcomers to Instagram and stuff. And, and I think we're really hitting a lot of those points now. But, you know, for folks listening that, you know, maybe haven't quite reached that point in your in your journey to want to share stuff, just start doing it. Because, I mean, you never know, um, you know, what people actually do want to listen to you learning something. I think that's yeah. something that um, that I can definitely take from from this interview with you, Alex, that you know, people want to hear you stumble and like yeah. not be a perfect, beautiful, classical, whatever you want to call it, you know, musician with a capital M. Like sometimes, you yeah. know, just just get a get something out there and um, chat with people yeah. about it. You know, yeah, that's super I don't know cool. where I heard yeah. this from, but yeah. it was it was in regards to like playing live. And it was like oh. nobody really wants you. Nobody really wants to see a performance that like is perfectly on grid that's like perfectly quantized it's like this perfect rendition of like the song you know and i you know i i totally agree with that because it's like i don't know it, it's nice to have some sort of variation and yeah like yeah. maybe some hiccups and maybe some you know sloppiness going on but i think that's just kind of like the human element that is especially in like electronic music definitely where you know i don't really play a lot of like acoustic instruments yeah. and you know a lot of things that i have can be played just straight on the grid and be like perfectly tight perfectly quantized and clean and you know um but there's no like human in that you know right it's so. just like you're 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 getting a computer to kind of play your finished dance track to people yeah. and if you're you know if your people are there watching you perform you know you might be a singer or something but um it, yeah exactly that organic element i think is super important yeah um yeah, that's fun yeah, too yeah yeah so do you so do you do a lot of performances like a lot of shows and stuff no not really mm -hmm. um every now and then um i i did a couple like pre-pandemic and then oh, nice. after the you know and then just kind of like during that kind of fizzled out um but recently i've played a couple shows in the dc area nice um which has been you know it's been fun to get back out yeah and uh yeah so you know maybe some more in the future but nothing really slater right now but yeah. i mean it's been good just to like be back out and just kind of you know just jam yeah really, feel the vibe know? of other people being there with you while you're making music i was yeah. wondering um I, I see a juno behind you and i just like dude i'm <laughs> i'm so enamored with the whole juno creation process or whatnot the effects and all that kind of cool stuff right saving yeah. up for the one of those boutiques um yes but yeah, do, yeah. do you ever maybe like play would you ever consider playing that live is that something that 
you know um so i mean i'm not a keyboard player (laughs) and you know i actually i have like the midi kit for that that i haven't installed yet i'm just i'm still really scared of like drilling a hole into it um but maybe if i get midi maybe because then i can start like maybe sequencing some things and playing it over you know so it's kind of like a little bit of like a hybrid of like you know i have some you know tracks going and then you know that but um but you have to drill you have to drill into your juno yeah, for the MIDI, because there's no MIDI I.O. So, no you know, way. So, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't so realize actually, that. So, actually, I might... Yeah, yeah. So, I might go to, like, an actual... Uh, you know, I might do this now, since I'm, like, saying it out loud. I might do a... Uh, <laughs> it's on air. <laughs> it's recorded. Person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I might, like, call somebody that actually knows what they're doing and, like, you know, <laughs> connect it. So, um, but, yeah, I mean... I've been lusting for that for so so long, oh and yeah. um, Such a cool I actually thing. I sold pretty much all my other like synthesizer stuff. Wow. Um, I had like a bunch of like I had like the electron boxes, and I saw those I in had, some of your videos. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, just you know, the past like year have really like slimmed down on it. I I, wow. I found like what I really enjoy making music on, and. Uh, it started to turn out too much of like the, this like Lego building block of like tracks where it's like, you know, it's like, Oh, I'm going to try this one today. But I never really got like super deep into like all the instruments that I had. Um, and they were all really cool and they had like really cool characteristics of each one. Um, but yeah, it was just, I, I, I really wanted to start digging into like, you know, certain things. So hence why I got the Juno six. Cause like there's no menus. There's no menu diving. Oh, wow. There's nothing. And this is like the Juno 6, so it doesn't even have like presets. My goodness. Um, it's just like you got the oscill- oscillator section, the filter section. Um, that's pretty much it. You wow. Know? And uh, so you can really like tone shape with it and make really beautiful sounds, but it's like, it's insanely simple. And, uh, you know, because there's a lot of things that I used to have. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still have a couple of like pieces that are very like menu divey. Yeah. Um, but not to the extent that I used to have, and it's wow. very freeing. It's nice. Know, it's nice to, to have kind of like almost knob knob per function and no help, right? From menus, <laughs> like I, I've got the um the mini log right now, uh-huh. and, and being able to save presets and stuff, like all of that is just kind of a hindrance to me. I wish it would just like every it, as soon as I turn it on, I just hit load panel because like I don't know uh-huh. where I left or where my son has left some of those like <laughs> knobs right. at, and I just kind of want to start you know from a starting point, right? And I think yeah. that's why I'm kind of into some of the Moog stuff too. It's like my mother yeah. 32. There's no presets. You just kind of, you know, it's what what it is now is how it's going to play. So exactly. that's really cool about the Juno. And it's kind of crazy. It doesn't have MIDI, but <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It almost makes it more of an organic. Like you have to record this in real time kind of instrument. So I don't know. There's yeah. there's something to that, man. Um, yeah, for sure. Did yeah, you? I love the 32. Yeah. Right? That was like the first. That's a good um, yeah. Yeah, that was like the first like modular thing I had. Um, okay, that I started with. That's and the then, first modular thing that I have too. I mean, it's oh, it's, yeah. it's a gateway That's I think awesome. for a lot of us. Um, <laughs> yeah, and like so, box. Yeah, yeah. So, sorry to sorry to derail you. And so, what happened it's with fine. your with your mother thirty two? Um, I just think over time, you know, like it was one of those things, and I feel like a lot of this story happens a lot with like Iraq. Um, but you know, I had that and then I was like, Oh, well, I should include it with this and this and this. And, um, I remember like I had, when I got it, I got offered, um, these two shows that were pretty big for me at the time. And I was like really, really excited, but it was also during the time where like, you know, I was kind of building my first Eurorack setup and things nice. like that. So I wanted to get, 
you know, kind of like a, a case to like build out with effects and stuff. Yep. And like the 32 was in there. Cool. Um, so I went from there and then it kind of snowballed into be like, well, I can have a 32 or I can like replace this 32 with like, you know, an oscillator and oh a cool filter God. and, you know, the things that are in a mother 32. Right, but your own building um, blocks. Yeah. 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 So it got a little redundant and then, you know, but I do really, really miss it. And I think now with like the way that I make music now, um, it would definitely fit back into, you know, my process now. Interesting. Uh, yeah, because it is kind of like, you know, you just you plug it in, you, you know, you don't even need to patch it. You right. You start playing with it and then right. you start patching it. You can just kind of, you know, do Explore whatever. from there. And would you say you would, you so nowadays you would kind of prefer some of the self-contained desktop? I mix. think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah. so. I think I'm with you there. I almost kind of like skipped over all of modular to get, to get to this point. I just feel like I love having portable, especially portable instruments, you know, like op1 mm -hmm. or whatnot but mother 32 too it's like i know what can be done with modular i know that you can use it for you know getting just the craziest noises that you that might inspire you to create something new or whatnot and you know maybe yeah. someday um with enough yeah. iterations on my modular grid account i'll finally get to a point where i'm like ah oh, let's, <laughs> let's let's just try it out right um, yeah. So I actually noticed, speaking of modular stuff, I noticed you had a, I guess it's a wooden box that looks like a modular synthesizer. Oh, yeah. See at Lombard. Uh-huh. Well, I've seen that in a couple places. So is that a self-contained synthesizer? Is it like a modular system that you have to build? What exactly yeah, I is mean, that? Mm. That's, it's, so CLM, it's like really hard to describe, I guess. <laughs> um, but my favorite one, so I have two right now, but my, cool. you know, the one that I use a lot is the Coco Qantas and okay. it's, it's pretty much a, the way that they describe it and what it is, it's like an 8-bit looper sampler oh um, delay. Yeah. And there's like two sides of it. So you can kind of like record like, you know, left side and the right side. Wow. And then the, the, the middle part is kind of like this like oscillator section that can control. So it can like take out oscillator. I mean, it's a very, very weird, it's a weird synthesizer. I mean, it's like a um, box of wood with just a bunch of patch points in it. i mean it's yeah, yeah it is a very exactly. unique looking instrument interesting yeah. so and it, yeah, i mean yeah. it's really really great and you know the reason why i love seattle lombard so much is that it is so chaotic that it's it's nice to patch it with like really nice beautiful sounds and you gotta get like this like gritty edge whenever you you know put things through it yeah. and uh you know, so I use it very subtly. Um, you know, if you go to Instagram, you, if you search Coca Qantas, there's some people that make some insane wild sounds, which is really cool. Wow. Um, but I kind of do like maybe 2%, 3% of that, you know, so it's not well, all over the place. I would it's say, very, like, okay, so, so I actually have another one of your tracks that does feature that synthesizer uh -huh. along with your OP1 field. And um, you are not only playing some stuff on the wooden box synthesizer, but uh, you're making, I think you're, I don't know if you're even playing a tape. You're just kind of like turning the dials on OP1 field and you just hear the tape kind of start and stop. There's a lot of weird uh, like tape warbles. Let me, let me play that track so that folks can hear it. Okay. Um, yeah. And then let's, let's kind of unpack a little bit of some of the sound design stuff that you've been doing um, with that, but really excited now, now that I know like how crazy that wooden box synthesizer is. Yeah. Um, this is this is gonna kind of give me a, a sort of a fresh take on it. So let's let's give that a listen right now.
Okay, that was a really interesting kind of sound. So you just told me this is not the yeah. Coco Quantas. It's some. It's a different box. Yeah, it's a plum butter. Yeah, yeah, the plum butter. So it's hmm. um, they call it a, a drum and drama machine. So it's like a drum machine. Weird. Um, it's crazy. Yeah. I don't even know what you know. I mean, <laughs> like, yeah, it's it called is. the plum butter. I mean, that's they, yeah. What a unique yeah, yeah. And, company. <laughs> It is. It's it's, yeah. it's a very unique company yeah. built by a very unique guy, and cool. he is just a genius. And you know, good like you know, musician acquaintance of mine, Jay Ryan. He does the the cool. Deerhorn podcast, and it's a podcast. It's just about Seattle Lombard equipment. Wow. Um, so I've learned a lot of stuff from like him and cool. like you know the people that are on that podcast, and it's it's an amazing podcast. If anyone <sighs> wants to check, I, I it gotta out. check the, I got to check him out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, you know, the manual is like very hard to decipher. So it's <laughs> it's mainly like a lot of just like plugging things in and seeing what's so it's very chaotic. Nice. Um but it's been exploratory. Like yeah. 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 And in that track in particular, so on the right side of it, there's this thing called a deer horn, which is like a gestural device. So you can like raise your hand up and down and you can like control stuff from this like strip of I don't even know. Is it like it is. um almost like a theremin? Exactly. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, so yeah. Weird. Yeah. 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 So I just had that simply. So you know that that track was a while ago. So I don't remember exactly what everything was going on, but I do know what that cassette that cassette was going in through the D horn, and I was just moving my hands up and down and like swelling that oh tape. Oh my god! That's while crazy. While I was playing the OP one, yeah. So it was a. <laughs> It, it ended up turning out really, really cool. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I mean, these are, we've heard very different sort of tracks from you. You know, we heard one that was more like choppy, kind of sample based. And then now we've heard something that's more, it's just wavy, organic, kind of just really interesting sounds. There were some like, uh, there were some kind of like bell sound, sounding things in there as well. Um, yeah. So all of that was coming from OP1 being sampled into the, the plum butter? Yeah, well, it's not like a, it's not like a sampler. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's you can like route. Box, I guess, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you can like you can route the OP one. So I routed the OP one through that, and it, there's like really great sounding like wacky filters through it and things yeah. like that. Um, and there's like this drum machine section that are like these two they call them like gongs, and you can like really make them sound like really like clicks and pops, and cool. um, they they can get what really really wild. But yeah, so in that particular case, um, I had the OP one through the filters, and yeah, so. That's super it's cool. fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I, mean, I can definitely see how this would be another one of your experiments that you're just kind of like, oh, I want to try this. And then you just set it up and get set go. Yeah. Right. That's super exactly. cool. Like you're definitely making me want to like dust off some of my older equipment that may or may yeah. not be in a, a drawer being kept safe from my son and just kind of play with it. You know, <laughs> we'll see. Give, give it some yeah. give it some time to shine, you know. Um, yeah. But that is super cool. Like, thanks for sharing your tracks with us. I mean, it's really um it's just really definitely you've, you've left a very unique signature, I think, on this podcast with um, awesome. just the music, musical creations that you've um, that you've created for us. Right. Um, Thank you. But so, you know, in kind of a conclusion sort of section, I, I, you know, we've kind of discussed a little bit about, you know, advice to newcomers to Instagram or it just being able to share their music. But if someone was just thinking like, all right, I want to do music, I want to get into some gear or whatnot. Do you have any advice about you know, gear acquisition or just in terms of where to begin, what should people think about, you know, when they're, when they're brand new to synths or brand new to, you know, chopping, sampling synthesizers, this is a very long question, sorry, but (laughs) what what advice would you give to someone who's completely new to the world of synths and stuff in general? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, 
I would say like, don't care (laughs) (laughs) just in terms of like, you know, whatever you have at your disposal and, you know, it might not be like the most fun thing to like play with, but I mean like a laptop these days, you can make any single sound you want, you know? Um, you know, I think we, we've all fallen down like the rabbit hole, like, the gas, you know, yeah. like just the gear acquisition after gear acquisition and stuff. And then at the end of the day, like, you know, it's like, what can you make with what you have Yeah. that, you know, what you have at your disposal, you know? And I heard something the other day that like really rang true, mm-hmm. you know, with me. And it was like, you can't expect yourself to make like amazing like tracks within yourself um, if you don't practice. And that's with everything, nice. you know, that's like, that's like somebody like trying to like play baseball and like not practicing playing baseball or like swinging a bat or throwing a ball, like, you know, constantly, 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 or like, you know, learning golf or learning the drums or learning guitar, you know? And then I think a lot of people get really hard on themselves when they just don't practice what, what they want to learn, you know? And it's definitely hard with people in music because, you know, sometimes people are surrounded with all this gear and they're like, God, I'm not making anything. It's like, well, you're not practicing, you know, you're just kind of like, you know, you're looking at it, you're lusting at it. Yeah. You're, you're showing it off and it's, it's really, really cool stuff. Um, but you know, it's like when you just kind of, yeah, just, you know, it's like that old saying like practice makes perfect, yeah. but it's just the more you practice, the more you get like your reps in, in terms of like just making music, um, amazing things can come out, like regardless of what you have, you know, love it. Um, so yeah, that's a, that, that that's a thing that, you know, I've, I've, I've listened to and I'm like, nice. you know what, that totally makes sense. Yeah, you know? no, I completely agree. I mean, yeah. you, you don't get good. You don't get amazing at your craft unless you actually put the hours in and and you know just play play right. music i mean it's why we, we call it playing it's supposed to be fun right like just play it exactly um you know don't like over discipline yourself and and end up in a state where you're afraid to make mistakes but um mm-hmm. definitely i think that's really solid advice for people that are you know um new new to this the world of the you know, music creation or whatnot dollars or yeah. not is um you know, your your family might have some instruments lying around that you can use, right? I mean, it's, exactly. it's definitely use everything at your disposal that you can before investing in a $10,000, you know, modular, whatever, monster. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's like you can have that $10,000 monster, but like if you don't practice with it or anything, it's just mm-hmm. this sitting blinking light thing, you know, right. so... Well, that's yeah. so, that's super solid advice, man. Thank you so much for you know for sharing that with all of us. For um, really inspiring, I think a lot of us listeners uh, that want, I, I guess we want to hear those words of like, "Hey, go go do this, go practice." It's yeah. okay to feel this way about you know your creation or whatnot. I know I do, and that's really one of the reasons I do this show is that like I'm also getting the encouragement that I'm hoping all the listeners are getting. So. Really, thank you so much. Yeah. Um, so before we end, do you have any uh, projects um, that you want to shout out? Any upcoming, you know, albums or um, mm. anything like that? Um, no, nothing really upcoming at the moment. Um, I released this uh, new album on Mystery Circles called Onwards. Cool. Um, that was back in March. Um, and that was just kind of like a culmination of tracks that I just really... I don't know. I just, I, I really dug and, you know, they, they didn't really have like a huge, like cohesive feel to them. Um, you know, and this is kind of like we were talking about where I just was like, I, I like this track and I'm just gonna 
make it and nice. put it on an album and stuff. So um, it's kind of like my thought process in in an album. Um, so that cool. yeah, that's on Mystery Circles and. Uh, yeah, nothing really coming up at the moment, but you know, things are brewing like always. Nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, but folks out there, definitely check out mystery circles. I, I'm assuming it's on Spotify and Apple music and all the platforms. Yeah. Awesome. And yeah, yeah. is your artist name, Alex Rolden out there? Is that how we'll find you? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just kept it simple. No, I love it. It's, it's honest, man. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there's a there's a famous soccer player, Alex Roldan, and there's a famous hairdresser, Alex Roldan. I'm the musician. Alex hey, you got the Instagram <laughs> tag, so I mean, you, yeah, you, you got it. Exactly. Yeah, you're you're the OG man. Oh man, well, thank you so much again for coming onto our show. You know, sharing your insights with us. It's been really, really, it's been inspiring for me. It's really made me want to, like I said, you know, get my just experimentations on after this. So thanks again for coming onto the show, and you know, hope you have a great rest of your night. Awesome. Thank yeah. you. You too. Thanks, Axe. Yep. Bye. <laughs> All righty. And you can follow Alex on Instagram at, at sign Alex Roldan, which is A L E X R O L D A N. You can also find him on YouTube as well as Spotify, Apple Music, and all these other awesome platforms. You've been listening to Second Operator. Thank you so much for joining us here on the live stream if you have and being part of this awesome community. As I said earlier, we will be taking a two week break from here and coming back on the 28th of June. Please keep an eye on the Instagram account for more details. And if you want to get in touch with me with any news or community shout outs, um, you can connect with me on Instagram at second.operator, as well as on Twitter at second underscore operator. You can find us right here on YouTube at youtube.com slash at sign second operator, and eventually on every podcast platform in the known universe. If you want to support our show, we are on Patreon at patreon.com slash second operator. The lowest tier is currently sitting at $1 a month, which will still get you a cool sticker for participating in supporting this show. And for all the listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. We will catch you next time. Have a great night.